Welcome to the Progress Your Health podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, how are you doing this morning? Um, I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. You were surprised by that question? Yeah, a why little are bit. You, why were you surprised? <laughs> because we've been hanging out all morning. <laughs> now you're asking me how I'm doing. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we've tried to, you know, uh, we had to start over on this podcast a couple of times. So, um, you know, that's okay. That's, uh, you know, that's... I felt like I had rocks in my mouth, so I'm like, just stop it. Let's start it over. So I think this one will be the, this will be the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, this one is um, a question we have from Donna. So why don't you go ahead and read it? Oh, okay. So yes, this is a listener question from Donna. It says, uh, hello, I'm 62 years old with a uterus. Recently, my nurse practitioner switched me from 6% progesterone cream to Prometrium capsules. The amount of cream I was using was one-fourth teaspoon two weeks out of the month. So it looks like they were trying to cycle the progesterone or cycle the hormones. She also added in the Intrarosa vaginal inserts instead of the estradiol cream for vaginal discomfort. I do not have many symptoms other than occasional sleepless nights and occasional hot flashes. My question is, are the Prometrium capsules safe? So the safety of the Prometrium capsules... And is the cream safer than the capsules? Thank you, Donna. Yeah, so this Prometrium question comes up quite often. Uh, you know, uh, very, very common uh, from, a, uh, from a conventional perspective to be prescribed Prometrium. Um, the 6% that she talks about, that's basically 60 milligrams uh, of a progesterone cream. They always just, you know, pharmacies just seem to use the percentages like that. Uh, you know, so um, uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Well, you know, um, I love the question. So, you, you know, there's a little a limited amount of information here. So I'm just going to sort of extrapolate just based on what I'm reading here. So it looks like she was using estradiol cream for vaginal discomfort. Now, as we've always talked about, there's three different estrogens that our body makes. Estrone, which we don't really make a lot of maybe when you're young or, or fat cells make a lot of estrone, but typically we don't make much estrone. There's estradiol, as in the estradiol that she's using, which is estradiol E2 is the strongest form of estrogen. And then there's estriol, which is the weakest, maybe you could call it more gentle form of estrogen. So I'm imagining that she was doing the estradiol cream and that she was also doing 60 milligrams of progesterone cream or the 6%, which honestly is a very low amount of progesterone and she has a uterus. So what I'm thinking on why her nurse practitioner switched her to the intrarosa vaginal inserts, which is basically estradiol. So switched her, or I'm, I apologize, the intrarosa vaginal inserts is DHEA. So she switched her from the estradiol to the DHEA inserts and switched her from the progesterone cream to a prometrium capsule is I'm thinking she was probably bleeding. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's interesting. Now we're getting these questions, and as they're coming in, they're giving us the age and whether they have their uterus or not. Love it. <laughs> we're training people whether she did that on purpose or not, you know. But that that does make a difference. The, uh, how old you are when we answer these questions, and whether or not you have a uterus makes a big difference in the eventual, you know, uh, the eventual determination of what's going on. So we appreciate the fact that she. Now, granted, there's still some other other information that we don't know, but um, I, I would agree. Now. Uh, it's possible that it could be an estriol cream or an estradiol cream. That part we don't really know. It says estradiol cream for vaginal discomfort. Yeah. So well, that I know, is. I know we were talking about this beforehand, and I know that it wasn't spelled exactly quite right, so you weren't really sure which one it, what it is. I assumed based the way it was written, because it has the D in there, estradiol, that it was E2 and not the uh, uh, estri, uh, not the E3. If it was estriol, we'd be more, uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, we would never, we would never use estradiol as a vaginal cream. That's just not something that we would typically do. There are a lot of um, estradiol gels available that people use vaginally for vaginal dryness, for, you know, to help with intercourse, with lubrication, with pain with intercourse. So it is common. So I could imagine if she was doing, I could imagine she was doing the estradiol cream. And, but the 6% of the progesterone cream only, and even only doing it half of the month makes me think that she pro- may have had a little thickening of that uterus lining. Maybe she had some spotting or maybe they did a transvaginal ultrasound and the lining of her uterus was a little thick, which is why this was switched to the Prometrium capsules. Now, the difference is um, Prometrium is, it is progesterone. You know, it is a bioidentical form of progesterone. There's a there's some fillers in there and that not a lot of people like. It's instant release. Uh, the doses on there only come as 100 and 200 milligrams. So, uh, you know, switching dirt from, you know, a tiny, 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 tiny amount of progesterone cream to a actual, you know, pretty good amount of a progesterone capsule is is a, is kind of a change there, but I'm thinking it was probably maybe to protect that uterus. Yeah, right. So using the progesterone cream with the estradiol cream, uh, you know, so she wasn't using the, the progesterone cream vaginally. She's more than likely applying that to her inner thigh or something. Um, that wasn't giving her really any protection. The estradiol cream could easily cause some spotting or bleeding. Uh, but you're right, going to proge- uh, that's why we don't like to use Permutrium because w- a lot of women, whether it's the dosing or the instant release, women just don't seem to tolerate it very well. Uh, I don't think that there's any uh, inherent harm or danger to Permutrium. I think it's fine. Um, and it is commercially available, so you know your insurance will cover it. Um, but women just don't seem to do well on it. You know, um, we've had many a women that wanted to try it, uh, you know, because their insurance will cover it or something, and they just they just can't tolerate it. They have to go back to bioidentical sustained release progesterone. Which is why I always say, you know, hormones are very you know, based on the individual, you know, everybody is so unique and what's going to work for one person is not going to work for another person. So on a whole, there are, there are a few people that do well on the Prometrium, but mostly they really do much better on a sustained release progesterone. And what I'm thinking here is the capsule that her nurse practitioner, because uh, a lot of times the capsules work much better for sleeping than creams. Creams don't have as much an effect on helping you stay asleep through the night than the capsule. So the Prometrium capsule may be looking at protecting that uterus and then at the same time helping her sleep better. Yeah, right. Yeah. And if she's use, if she was using before, she's using the estradiol cream, then you know some uterus protect. And especially if you're applying an estradiol cream vaginally, 
that's exactly why we wouldn't do that because it's just a matter of time before she starts having some bleeding or spotting because of the strength of the estradiol. Now, we don't know what the dosage of it is, one milligram, two milligrams, half a milligram, uh, you know, but the proximity to the uterine lining, you know, uh, the likelihood of that causing some issues is is pretty high. So like, um, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking because there's this D in the, um, in, in here that she's doing the estradiol. I'm thinking that, that like Dr. Mackey had mentioned earlier, is actually doing an, uh, doing an estriol E3 would probably, I think would be a better bet for the vaginal discomfort. Cause I know the, the new, you know, the intrarosa, or they also call it the prastone, uh, prasterone is basically a man-made uh, DHEA. So, and DHEA has been very um, kind of hot, like the new kid on the block in the last, you know, year and a half, two years using that vaginally to help with vaginal dryness. Cause the concept is, is it's not estrogen. It's not, you know, it's not testosterone. It's a pro hormone that can convert into estrogen, can convert into testosterone and can help with that, with the vaginal dryness. So we'll, we'll see as things move on. Cause I do, I do know some people really like it. It does help with their vaginal lubrication. It helps with their sex drive. But, a, but a lot of times what I find is sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, right, right. Uh, now, uh, uh, and again, some of that same research that the DHA is supposed to, you know, help those things, helps increase libido. Uh, I've had a few patients where I've added DHA into the estriol cream. So now uh, you can even add testosterone into that. So for example, if you have, uh, you know, some major issues, a way to complement that is uh, for us, let's say, for example, a starting dose of an estriol cream would be four milligrams per gram. Uh, you apply a half a gram uh, you're, or you would use a half a gram, you know, a few times a week. Uh, and then you would add in a little bit of DHEA, you know, you know, something like 10 milligrams of the DHEA into the same cream. Um, so now you're getting... Uh, you know, you're getting the additional benefit of having that DHEA there. So it's interesting, like you say, now that this inter, I don't even know how long the interos has been around, um, but it's interesting that now it, it comes in a commercial form. And when I've, you know, I've had patients that are on it. Um, the thing is, the nice thing about it is it doesn't, if you test somebody's blood, if they're using this, you know, DHEA vaginally, is their estrogen and testosterone are still very low. So it's a way of being able to bring some relief to a female without raising up their hormone levels. But at the same time, you know, DHEA is technically, you know, a hormone. It's a steroid hormone. It's not estrogen or progesterone or testosterone, but it's still a hormone. So what I find is if you're going to be using the, any kind of DHEA vaginally or even orally, you know, lots of people take DHEA orally, is you've got to test the blood work for it because there's on, on these inserts, on these DHEA inserts, is there 6.5 milligrams is that's, that can be a lot of, of DHEA taking orally, but doing it transvaginally isn't quite as much. But I have found when I do the blood work on the DHEA sulfate, which is the best way to test for DHEA in the blood is DHEA sulfate, which is a metabolite, is the levels are a little elevated for their age. And I have found people say that they do have some irritability. In fact, right. I had a patient yesterday that was telling me that her um, husband said, make sure that you talk to her about your hormonal rages. <laughs> and, 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 you know, then I had found out since I had talked to her last, her gynecologist had put her on the DHEA inserts. And I'm like, you know, 
your DHA is higher than it was when I've tested it before, that's, you know, anybody on higher levels of DHA is going to get a little testy. Yeah, right. And for a woman, DHA is basically their form of testosterone. Uh, it is kind of the predominant androgen. DHA and testosterone are both considered androgens. Uh, and the, the, the amount that a, a DHA that a woman produces is quite a bit more than testosterone. Uh, so it does have a, you know, a significant impact on how, you know, how a woman's going to, you know, uh, feel in that respect. Exactly. So, you know, it, you know, with Donna, like I said, with everybody is an individual, it depends on what works for you. So I'd say, you know, monitoring that vaginal um, discomfort or dryness, if she start, if it starts coming back, then that, you know, the DHA inserts might not be for her. If she notices she's getting a little irritable, the DHA inserts, vaginal inserts might not be for her. The prometrium, um, I, like I said, progesterone is very safe. You know, it, progesterone can be incredibly safe and very protective of the um, breast tissue, the uterine lining. So um, I know she's worried about the, the safety between that and the cream. But if she were on any kind of estrogen, she's not at the moment because her doctor switched her from the estradiol to the DHA inserts. But if she were on estradiol, then, then safety-wise, she needs to be on a stronger form of progesterone than the cream. Yeah, right. Yeah. So from that respect, uh, going from the cream to the permutrium capsule was kind of the right move to make if she stayed on the estradiol. Uh, but, um, you know, and if she's tolerating the, you know, I'm assuming 100, uh, does it say 100 milligrams? Uh, well, we know permetrium either 100 or yeah, 200, yeah. probably 100. Uh, yeah, I would probably imagine. 100. Yeah. So uh, if she's tolerating it, then, you know, that's fine. You know, um, there is no real issue there as long as she's able to handle it. Uh, now, what are the side effects? I think we've done a, uh, like I said, we've done a, the permetrium thing has come up a few different times. Uh, you know, you might get anxiety, you might gain some weight. Uh, what are some other side effects that you've seen from, from Premutrium? For certain individuals, if the progesterone's too high for them, they will be um, sometimes a little lethargic during the day. It can cause a little depression because it does relax you. Too much relaxed means you have no motivation. So I do see some depression. And like you said, the weight gain, and I think that has more to do with like water weight. So you'll see a lot of puffiness. Yeah, sure. Right. And those are things that would happen kind of in that premenstrual window, the seven to 10 days before your cycle. Now, she's not cycling because she's 62 years oh, right, old. Right, right. She's not, but I'm just saying in general, the same thing. So uh, the interesting part that we didn't really touch on, she's, she was taking she was taking the progesterone cream for half the month, uh, you know, which in some ways when a woman's menstruating still, her body really only produces uh, progesterone from ovulation until her period starts again. Uh, so she's trying to mimic, her nurse practitioner is trying to mimic that whole idea. Um, but when a woman is taking estrogen pretty much all month long, um, you can't really cycle or should not cycle the progesterone. They need to be taken kind of in tandem. Again, the rule is you never give a woman unopposed estrogen. Uh, uh, now, granted, we do rhythmic dosing, which we're going to talk about fairly soon. Rhythmic dosing, um, you use our est estradiol cream and a progesterone cream. That's an, an exception. Uh, but in that context, the progesterone cream is only used for half the month uh, because you're encouraging the woman to actually, ha if she has her uterus, um, like in this case, if she was using rhythmic dosing because she has a uterus, even at 62, she'd have a period again. Now she may not want that. That's a, you know, that, you know, that's a more of an elaborate conversation that has to align with what the woman's trying to accomplish, you know, as far as where goals are. Um, but um, in, in this context, we would, we would recommend for Donna to be taking progesterone all month. Yeah, you're right. I mean, rhythmic dosing is great, but it is a little bit, I wouldn't say complicated, but um, 
you have to follow the patient. You can't just give them a prescription and see them next year. You have to, you know, you have to follow, you know, you have to follow up with them, see how, you know, how their cycles are, do their blood work. They get their, you know, they get their screenings and all that. So it is a bit of a process if somebody's going to undertake that. And we do that with a lot of patients because, you know, rhythmic dosing works great with some. And of course, not great with others. It depends on the person. But I would say for Donna, um, I would, you know, the Prometrium, you know, there are some side effects to Prometrium that if she's not on the estradiol at all and she's just on the DHEA inserts, she might not even need to take the Prometrium. Yeah, right. Yeah, because the DHEA is not going to have an effect on the uterine lining. She just might need the one. Uh, she could go from having two prescriptions down to just one. Uh, just use the insert if that, you know, she says she's not really having a lot of symptoms anyways. Uh, you know, a, a, a few sleepless nights here or there, um, you know, Prometrium doesn't really help too well with the sleep. It might help her sleep throughout the night, but I mean, every, if it's just a few sleepless nights, I mean, we all get a few sleepless nights. Um, you know, I'd say if she was having them, you know, three or four sleepless nights out of a week, then yes, then she needs to take some, something to help, you know, that progesterone would definitely be a great way to help her sleep. But if it's just a couple of times a month, I mean, I think I, I get a couple of sleepless nights if I watch a scary movie or watch the news uh, before bed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you get it more than that. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I do take my progesterone. And you're not allowed to watch scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> you can't watch scary movies. Uh, so uh, I think that uh, we covered the bases on Donna. Do you have anything else to add for Donna? No, no. I appreciate all of you listeners and readers, especially with your questions. We welcome that. We like to have the conversation. Um and it's actually really awesome. So, so thank you, Donna. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, sorry we can't get to more of them. Uh, there's so many questions that come in. We mm-hmm. do try to, you know, try to keep up. And we're and trying. I promise we keep them. At, we keep them in a vault. You know, we we always have them if we need. You know, at some point we'll try to get to all of them at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as we do these, more will keep coming in, and uh, you know, um, we just try to pick out the ones that are. Uh, you know, somewhat the most, uh, the easiest for us to understand what's going on, what their question actually is, uh, and the easiest ones that are for all of you to understand as well, and that we can, uh, you know, that can relate to the most amount of people. So that way we, you know, like you say, continue the conversation, uh, you know, and then we have really an unlimited amount of you know, content to produce uh, because now we are answering everybody's questions. That's, you know, it's kind of like a new modern version of Dear Abby or something. You know, it's just not in the newspaper. It's actually, you know, it's actually in a digital format. Uh, and now people are able to get the answers they want. And know that if we didn't get to your question, we still write them down and try to put together other podcasts that might kind of coalesce with that. Because really, when it comes to hormones, like I say, we're all unique, but we all have a lot of common themes. So we do. So if you d- if you don't hear us answering your questions, know that we do have it and we try to take it and put it into some form or some kind of content so that other people can have use of it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.